Hey guys, and welcome to the Stan Kirsch Studios podcast, where working actors talk. Each episode, we sit down with different industry professionals who share their experiences, provide advice, and just talk about issues that are relevant today. This week, our incredible SKS coaches share a cocktail and get real about their world as actors, their struggles, their wins, how they find balance, silence perfectionism, how they feel about post-pandemic auditioning, and what their real thoughts are on being memorized for auditions. Nothing is off the table in this happy hour round table talk. So with that, I give you Team SKS. Happy happy hour. Happy happy, happy, happy hour. hour. Happy happy hour. <laughs> yes, happy Angela, hour. what do you have right now? Oh my goodness. Oh. Um, I have class after this, so this is non-alcoholic, um, but it's just espresso and then one of those giant rectangular ice cubes and then frothed uh, oat milk and then cinnamon on top. Okay. Delicious. Over. over. You know, I Delicious. Told, I told everyone I was going to have Phil make those famous margaritas from the taco. <gasps> You'd be on the floor by the end of the I would be on the floor. Dangerous. <laughs> Dangerous. So we're doing we all would be. Rose, <laughs> rose all day. Not all day. <laughs> but um, what do you have there, Alex? I have just simple red wine. I'm keeping it very chill that, that way. I wanted to do a whiskey sour. I tried it earlier today. And I'm like, ooh, no. <laughs> that I red wine is the perfect drink for dad of two. That's the that, perfect drink for you. That's Amanda. right. Right. Tell us, Brock, what are you drinking this afternoon? I went on a, I went on a goddamn hunt this morning. I went, <laughs> I went in search for a, a pre-made espresso martini, and I found it at the Whole Foods. Wow. Oh, espresso is it, is it martini. Good? Is it like legit? I'm always scared of the pre-made. Anyway. Yeah, there's a, I've used a couple of them before. It's called a company called On the Rocks. So they have like old fashions or Cosmos or like a spicy pineapple margarita, and they're always really good. And then they just came out. Or at least they started selling them at Whole Foods, the espresso martini, which is... Oh, so the spicy oh. mark is good. Send the me... The pineapple one. Yeah. Eats. Um, <laughs> Colleen, what are, are you, are you mocktailing or cocktailing? Kombucha. Mocktail. Kombucha. Yeah. Um, Being healthy. Awesome. Gut health is important. Thank you, wow. Thank you for that, Brock. Thank you. <laughs> you Brock, Kristen, we're, we're, we're the ones bringing the alcohol. Angela and Colleen are going to be erudite. Alex and I are parents to... Yes. Small children. Yeah. <laughs> Both kids are snapping right now and I am drinking. <laughs> As you should. We welcome you to our happy hour and drop us a message if you are drinking anything. Coffee, cocktail, mocktail, let us know what you got. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to kind of let you guys know where this idea was inspired from. At the beginning of the year, we had a meeting just like this of the five of us. Um, and it was so inspiring listening to these four just talk and riff and not be in teacher mode, just be in like, <laughs> like just go mode. I just like, they're just there to talk about what they're going through in the business, what they love, what they hate. It was just, it was so real and they have so much wisdom and there's so much chemistry between the four of, of these guys. Um, and I, we just, I, I was like, I need people to see this. It's like, you have so much genius to share. And we kind of wanted to um, create this uh, feeling. I'm gonna, and momentarily, my video will go away and it's just gonna be the four of them. And kind of having that feeling of the four of them, like at a bar, just talking about 
life and work and the industry. And it kind of makes me think of like, this is so random when you're like, when you were like a kid and you're at the grocery store and all of a sudden you see your teacher out at the grocery store <laughs> looking normal, like just being human. And you're like, what is this? This is crazy. So with that said, I um, have emailed the teachers. Um, I gathered all the questions that you guys posted. Some of you had emailed me and some of you had put them in the um, community, which I'm so excited that you guys are, um, active in the community and part of the community, this online community. One of the things we also talked about was, you know, we obviously do have in-person classes back, but so many of the classes are still on Zoom. And there's this beautiful community outside of just Tuesday night class or Thursday morning class. And and you can pull from each other. And, and there's so many resources within this family. And we just want to want you to know there's more than the 12 people in your class. And they're all like-minded, awesome, good people, just like the people in your class. With that said, I'm going to turn my camera off and we're just going to watch the magic unfold. Okay, who wants to start like magical first? Who's <laughs> magical? Um, uh, Angela, would you mind, we were chit-chatting about like how busy your day was and what you're doing next after class. I, oh, I think maybe one of the things that people don't know is what, how we spend our days or like what, I think it's hella, val <laughs> hella valuable <laughs> that the teachers are actors, working actors and pursuing this and actively in the fucking trenches. Um, what was your day like today? I got up at seven and started preparing for teaching, coaching, um, a live Zoom callback. Ooh. Got a call from my agent that I'm on a veil for a commercial, um, yes, which was fun. Uh, and then jumped on Zoom uh, for coachings from 9.45 until class got out at 3.00. 20 basically um and then today yeah yep and then uh which was so fun it like fills me up it was so great um but then literally logged off and logged straight into a live zoom callback and had no time in between the two and stepped up and had a really really fun time with the director and then got off with four minutes to spare for this just enough time to make this and then <laughs> uh need to bounce from this by 5 30 so that I have enough time with traffic to get over to groundlings and then have classic uh like an advanced improv class there from 7 till 10 30 uh, and then drive home to Long Beach and prepare for uh a full day tomorrow and meanwhile a light, a light day for you just uh, <laughs> just casual and I got, a, got an email from uh from my management team, the, the development guy at my management company saying that a project that we're taking to, that I'm writing that we're taking to market this quarter, um, that the illustrator is like getting two versions of a pitch deck to me by the end of the week. So like that stuff's Great. coming in while these other things That's are coming awesome. in and it's just like- it's This is the fun. feature or the, um, the series? Series. Keeping all the balls in the air. That's right. I love yeah. everything about that, Angela. That's yeah. so good. 
Everything All these projects. I was voice memoing Angela the other day. I had a little bit of like a come to Jesus from Cameron the other day. And I was like, Angela would Angela would love this. <laughs> like the next morning I woke up, I was like, I just have to tell you this like thing that I, I heard from Oh Cameron. my gosh, I want to know what it's the so good. was like. I was like, I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I'm working on this thing. But I was like, and then I just and I was telling Angela too, like when we went to the the 90s, that 90s show uh premiere, and I was like, yeah, writing. I was like, some days I'll like write two pages and then I'm tapped creatively and you know emotionally and exhaustion and all that kind of stuff and just I realized like oh that's just me and I was telling Cameron that and he goes you that's not gonna fly and he goes, you gotta be able to bounce <laughs> from project to project and keep multiple things going at a time and he was just like you're getting exhausted now but it's we always talk about and at least I do like a muscle that you have to strengthen or whatever for acting wise in class and he goes it's the same thing he goes no successful writer like someone who's selling a pilot right now to ABC or did in December that's now getting made into a pilot right now they probably had three or four different things in the in the fire at one time and this is the one that just happened to go and he goes you've just got to build up that muscle that like um you've got to like write your two pages and when you're tapped from that project then you got to like close that tab open a new one work on that new thing and like start moving your mind in that direction and maybe whatever you ran into on that other tab whatever you're working on over here unblocks that thing that you were like not understanding or you know whatever yeah. And it's just like, he goes, it's just like you, he goes, you and the coaches probably like can bang out three different scenes for three different projects, bang, 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 and not be phased by it because you've built that muscle. And he goes, it's the same thing. It's just a different mm. part of your creativity that you've got to build up. And so he goes, doing two pages and then kind of being like, oh, it's time for Game Show Network is just not going <laughs> to work. I love Game Show Network. I love that. I love that. Actually, uh, Jerry Seinfeld talked about that because him and Larry David were show running for Seinfeld for the longest time. Yeah. Then Larry left to do Curb and Jerry Seinfeld was was juggling show running, writing, starring on top of, I think he was still doing stand up at that time. And the con the consistency of the quality of the episodes never yeah. wavered throughout, I think it was like season six on till season, uh, till season nine uh, when it ended. And he was asked, how did you maintain that? And he goes, I wrote every day. He talked about the power of compound interest. I worked every single day at writing jokes. It didn't matter any given day whether or not the joke was good or not. Just sure. the <laughs> act of getting your mind into, I'm going to be writing this thing, created that compound interest, worked that muscle that you're talking about so that by the time you know he's in the writer's room with, with, with the Seinfeld writers, he's able to uh, uh, riff, work on, uh, uh, work on those jokes. And it never wavered. Like there's no episode that's like, ah, the show jumped the shark. Sure. Uh, uh, and that is absolutely inspiring to me. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's great to hear it like confirmed with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's that muscle. You're right. And it's interesting too. like this past two weeks is like where I've really put that into practice. And it is nice where it's like sometimes I would go to bed and be like, fuck, I only did that today. Or like I only was mm -hmm. brainstorming today. I never like actually got anything like down and like a draft or something. And then I would go to bed and I'd just be like, kind of like, oh, fuck, there's so much more I like could have done or I didn't get all that all that I wanted done by you know this week or whatever and finally this week I was like implementing that little come to Jesus moment that he had with me and I went to bed a little bit uh better and it was I felt like a little bit more creatively filled I felt like I had done more with my day I just feel like the trajectory just like skyrocketed me a little bit in a couple mm -hmm. senses of the things that I've been working on this this past week and funny enough like moves were just made and you just kind of like got to do it and just go for yeah. it you know what I mean because like I don't think I the reps are not calling and being like 
so like, how's it going? Are you, do you have a new version of me? They're waiting for me to be like, hi, I have this and I'm ready to do X, Y, and Z. Can you set those meetings or can you set those pitches or can we jump on a call to do X, Y, and Z? You know, and then that's when they're, you're there, that's their call to action, but you've got to be the one that calls them to action. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, what is the, what is the way to sort of ward off burnout in that situation yeah. when we're yeah. sort of like hyper- hyper-functioning. I think I just described this crazy day, which happens often, but is not every day. And so I think like, I have just started writing and making this a huge part of, of my day, but like today I didn't have time. So that wasn't a part of today, but it will be tomorrow. And I think, um, I'm my Thursday class, if anyone's in here from Thursday, um, we're, we're all like, well, some of us are reading slash listening to the inner game of tennis, this book um this month and uh there was this I don't know section in it that I was just listening to yesterday about uh non-judgmental awareness and I think not getting into the place of like oh I didn't write today therefore I suck or I'm bad or I'm behind or anything like that and taking all of that out and just being like I didn't write today great let's add it to the schedule tomorrow and not letting it also be like I gotta write for six hours to do it because I have the time today like being like, all right, these two hours or whatever you can afford in your schedule are like the time and I'm going to continue to find balance. But I think mm -hmm. when you shorten the time and make it more consistent, I think that helps the burnout as opposed yeah. to like, I have a full day, so I must do it all. Yeah. For then it gets aggressive and difficult to maintain. And like, I think the yeah. non-judgment towards ourself is the biggest game changer. Oh God. flexible with it too. Cause just because like yeah. right at this moment, I have a free day after 10, 15, doesn't mean that more coach coachings, for example, aren't going to come. And so then that's okay. And so being flexible and being able to be malleable with your time and your energy and where you're placing it throughout the day and knowing that like, oh, fuck this. I have a, you know, I have, I have some other obligation or a doctor's appointment or yeah. something else and just realize that like, hey, that, and that's okay. You might not write today or it might be at 6 p.m. even though you hate writing at night or something like that. And that's yeah. okay as well. Yeah, there was a there was a, a, a term you coined, Colleen, radical acceptance at the beginning of COVID, and then it stuck with me because uh, there was so much like, oh, well, now we have all this free time. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. You should be getting in shape and learning a skill and learning a language and playing a musical instrument and, and, and all of that. And uh, when we had one of our meetings, uh, uh, distance six feet apart with masks and, and all of that, you were talking about, okay, radical acceptance. How do we... <laughs> go from here where we are to where we need to be and uh, taking those breaks. Cause Brock, you mentioned something about like, you're working on this tab and then you close this tab, you go to the next one. And then maybe your brain taking a rest from this thing makes you get that aha moment that Eureka and you bring it back. And I think you guys are kind of touching on that very same thing. The, the rest moment of it, that we kind of underestimate the power of our subconscious mind when we're not working on something. Stan used to always say, let it marinate, let yeah. it marinate. And it took to me being a coach as long as I have to be like, oh yeah, no, that's actually like a real thing that I can physically put out of my mind. And then when I come back, you, you see all of these different things. Oh my gosh. And, 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 and I think that works with the creative process as well. Taking a little bit of a rest uh, so that you don't burn out you fill your cup again so that you're able to, uh, uh, you know, give to whatever project you are working on. Totally. Those breaks are so important, especially like in the self-tape world. Like I was coaching a girl 
and there were like three takes that were like super great. They were all a little yeah. different. It was a long ass scene, so she's not sending all three. We, we had to pick one. And I said, I, I like all three. And then she would go back and look at them. And I said, you have dinner plans in 30 minutes. Go to dinner, go have dessert, go watch Game Show Network, and then come back. <laughs> it's, not due tomorrow. it's not due tomorrow until 11 a.m. So come back from dinner or do it when you first yeah. wake up and take a look at it. It's the same thing with headshots, right? Like you look at your headshots, yeah. you pick your 20, and you're like, all these are fucking brilliant. And you're like, <laughs> I can play everything. <laughs> and you go to bed and you wake up and you're like, oh, I can't play everything. <laughs> one, two, one, two, and three are the, are the exact same photo. Oh, it's like so you just like have a new like perception. It's 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 crazy. Has has this ever happened to you where you put yourself on tape for something and you immediately look at it after you finish taping, like cut, and then you watch playback immediately. You're like, great, that's the take. You send it off. You send off that eco cast, you feel good about it. Then the next morning, you're like, I want to see my amazing work. And I, you <laughs> click on it, you go, <laughs> I should have picked take four instead of take three because take four had something else. And so now I've, I've started to do it myself and I do it with my uh, 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 with my Wednesday peeps. What's up, Wednesday peeps? Uh, um, where uh, I'll be like, take 15. After you finish, if it's not due immediately after our, our session, take 15, walk away, step away. Amazing. Yeah. Go do something, grab a drink, treat, uh, coffee, whatever you need, then look at it, take off your actor hat, put on your director hat, and 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 take a look at that. And it's made a world of difference. I never done it with headshots, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's exact, like the reverse of that is how I know if I liked an audition. And I think it's important that we like give ourselves props when we do like an audition of ours, because we're also yeah. humble or like hard on ourselves. And I think we should like step up when we have an audition that we like. And the way I tell if my audition was good is if I'm so excited to watch it again. And mm. then like selfishly want to watch it again. And it's not because I'm a really self-absorbed person. It's just because I'm like really tickled by whatever that was. And if I have that urge to like want to send it to my parents or my boyfriend or whoever, like then I know that it was good. If I'm watching it and I'm like, so cute. I'm like, this is not a good one, but it's fine. They're not going to win them all. <laughs> Um, can I back up for a second? Because Colleen, I'm always so amazed by this. Like you do so very much um, studio-wise and working yeah. and working like when you were working with this publicist and going to events and the, you know every freaking show ever. And like, there's oh like, God. I'm always yeah. amazed at how much you are doing. How do you fight the burnout that we were talking about before? What are like things that you do in your life? Because I need to learn from you. Wow. Um, well, I've, I think I've, I, I think it's always like a work in progress because sometimes I, I have in the past thought I'm, I'm uh, scheduling just enough and I'm keeping things intact. And then before I know it, like, you know, there's like tears out of nowhere or like, <laughs> you know, like, um, uh, you finally get the chance to rest. And I'm, I was like tired and wired, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, I can't sort of disengage. So, um, actually last year, um, uh, and this is all like, like you know, personal stuff. It's, it's, it's better if I think that it's just the four of us talking. Um, I actually had a talk with Kristen and I said, I feel some burnout happening, um, where, you know, every single day there's, I, I want to show up for everyone all the time. And sure. so we decided, um, 
that I would take off Thursdays and I would take off <laughs> Saturdays. Um, I know today's a Thursday, um, but I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if people request me, Kristen doesn't um, even tell me. Um, mm. And just having those boundaries has been very helpful. Yeah. Then what I found, because it's just like this constant thing that needs to be sort of like polished and shaped because I'm an ever evolving um, being, is that when I would have a time off, I'm like, I should be doing something. I'm antsy. I still I, I get a little bit like um, anxious, you know? Um, so it was during a meditation that I thought what I could do for myself is um, create something akin to what I have for my goddaughter. I have this bag for my goddaughter. She has a whole like dresser drawer here of like all the stuff that she gets to play with when she comes over. We've got <laughs> pig we've got like paint we've got puffy paint oh my god we've all like the fun stops puzzles mm -hmm. um and i needed that for myself of, of like sure. stuff i could go to get out and and enjoy because yeah. otherwise if it's just like well i have work and i have career and i uh, also have to get hobbies so i can talk about fucking something <laughs> like interesting it just becomes so overwhelming yeah. yeah um so um so i'm starting to create this bag i have this huge bag and just like started with like a coloring book and mm. um coloring books fucking work a yeah. coloring mm. book yes yeah. Um, and I got one that has a lot of like curse words in it. Like she said, fuck this shit and lived happily ever after. And like, I think you have that coloring book. <laughs> I legit think I have it. Um, and uh, just so that when I am in that state, like, and feel sort of like wound up rather than like, mm. okay, I'll just like scroll through Twitter or like check in on the Ukraine war, you know? Um, I instead oh, this bag and have immediate things that bring me joy. Um, yeah. But I really still struggle with like, like in downtime, like, I'll just relax. Let me just like, let me just go for a ride in the city. Let me just check yeah. out some new. So I've had to sort of, um, and I think that's a little bit of like constantly being in sort of like, um, uh, fight or flight, you know, right, um, yeah. fight, flight, freeze or fawn. And so, so to sort of like create that for myself, um, uh, has been super beneficial and having specific days off um so what did you do today on your Thursday on your day off come here with us <laughs> I went for a walk and yes. I saw a family of three coyotes oh my and um Ooh. took some photos in yeah. the daylight in the daylight yes absolutely um I think that maybe getting bolder is a little scarce but um uh but so I took some pictures of coyotes I just think they're so beautiful um, yes. I don't want that in my dog. Most most likely to be eaten by a coyote after saying. <laughs> yes. But, um, but so I went for that, that walk and um and it was really lovely and there's like some snow on the mountains. I live in the San Gabriel Valley, so the mountains had like snow in the distance and oh, tried to take amazing. the pictures. Ended up with like pictures. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then um played around with some plants. I love, I love plants. It sounds, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know, cliche, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a plant mom. Plant mom. Yeah. I love I'm that. A regular a mom. Thumb. I'm a plant mom. That's right. Come over to my house, please, <laughs> and make my plants better. I have plants that were like 30 and then you come over later and it's like one. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, I will. I absolutely will. Um, so anyway, that's how I sort of wore that off. But I, ha I tell you, like there's, there's, 
I think the first step is being like, I am feeling uh, burned out and sort of looking at like the contributing factors. I hate to get sort of like nerdy on it, but like, what are the contributing factors? Oh, right. I spent too much time with just a coffee or like a belly full of coffee without any food. Uh Um, um, I read, uh, I sort of like read things that made me feel sort of less than. And um, so maybe I can sort of like move that out of my life and yeah, it's a, it's, it's, I, I think in order to be like a lifer in this industry, you have to master or uh, maybe not master, you have to engage in the the mental game. You have to totally. engage in the mental game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's your mindset. How do you silence perfectionism desire to book? Ooh, that's an, is, isn't that the question? That is the uh, question. How do you, how, how do you do, I'll tell you how I do it. I'll tell you how, how, how I do it. How does the master I, do it, Alex? Yeah, how does the master do it? <laughs> no, oh, well, I, I, you know, every single audition that I get, uh, I, it, my knee-jerk reaction is like, well, I gotta book this, right? And, and, right? and that's where that pressure comes from. It starts so small, it's so sinister. It's such a small little thing that like <laughs> exponentially gets, because you get it and you're like, hell yeah, I'm gonna book this. And you start working on it. And then the idea of like, oh, I wanna book this continues throughout this entire uh, creative process. And then by the time I put it on, on camera, I am in a place of like, I've made all my decisions. I've done all my work. And that little seed that started when I first got those sides of, man, I'm going to book this turned into, well, I got to book this Mm. because I, I psych myself up. And I found that when I just find the literal joy in the, in the acting, like I could not give a fuck about the audition. I, I, I sometimes do this in, in class. I'm like, fuck the casting director. Fuck the producer. Fuck all of that shit. I'm doing this for me. I am doing this so I can make myself laugh or move myself yeah. or, or whatever it is. And finding the like the literal joy of like, oh yeah, when I was 18 or whatever, whenever that headshot that I sent was. Oh my God, you're um, so cute. <laughs> I loved acting for the sake of acting I was so excited to like ooh, this character is like weird and cool and quirky and funny and I just want to like be like an animal to find them and uh finding the joy is the way that I was able to kind of take off the fetters of well I need to book this because my Mm -hmm. value as an actor is not tied to whether or not I book anything at all Uh, uh I act I have so much stuff on my phone, scenes, monologues, that nobody in this world will ever see, my wife included. I just did it for the fun of it. Oh, I, I tape myself because it was fun. There's a play that I read and a monologue, and I'm like, I need to learn that. Or a speech I heard mm-hmm. somewhere. I'm like, yeah, I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn that. I'm gonna put myself on tape and I'm gonna watch it every time I go, oh yeah, I get you know, I, it makes me feel like an actor without needing somebody else to tell me, you're an actor. You know, um, it's so funny you say that, like now that I think about it, that's probably a really um, fun use of people's time during like potluck week, which is probably something maybe we could encourage during our classes is like, do something you really want. And that like, it's only for you. And that if you want to feel really fucking good about yourself, go tape it for potluck week and submit it and we'll watch it and critique it in class. And then you can go back and look at it and feel really fucking good about yourself if you ever need something like that. Because I think a lot of times, at least how I phrase it is like, if you're doing potluck, make sure you can like put it on like actors access and like business yeah. and like that. But like you saying that makes it also maybe realize that like, you should that, like you actually want to do yeah. 
fucking fun. Yeah. And, and I think it like brings agency back to acting. One of the questions yes. was yes. like, uh, was, was, you know, what do you do in the downtimes when you're not getting the auditions, when it right. was COVID or, or what have you. And there was this massive push to like do monologues. And I love that so much that I, I just, I tell every single actor who will listen to me, uh, have monologues, read monologues, because when you are working on something, regardless of whether or not you're being paid to or auditioned to, when you're working on something at home, a role that you would never get cast for, but really want, then when you get an audition, it's not like a starving person getting giving food to you, right. where you're like, oh my God, I haven't acted in weeks and this is my first audition. There's like an energy to that. But if you've been acting this entire time for yourself and then you get an audition, it'll feel like oh, another Tuesday, yeah. another Wednesday. Uh, uh, it kind of brought my signature back to my acting. I don't do it for my agents or the casting or, or anything like that. It, it, it's kind of freeing now because now I'll mess around with the scene because I can't. Because yeah. who cares? Big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's mine. And you honestly probably make bigger, quote unquote, I don't bigger swings or just like, uh, just like yeah. you're not so worried about trying to give what some cast director wants. You're like, yeah. well, this is just for my eyes and not even my wife's eyes. So I'm going to like bring really yeah. myself to it, which is what at least I always tap my classes like, do you? I mean, try and follow, but like, what's your version of the breakdown? What's your <sighs> version of like an anxious teenager? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, you're helping yourself without really knowing you're helping yourself, probably in those instances, because you're not trying to like fulfill some breakdown that you hope to God some producer is going to. Yeah, I, I I hope so. I love that. Thank you, Brock. It's such like a great way of, of putting it because it just started as like, a, you know what? I'm gonna act for me. Yeah, that's good. I do I do it for myself. Yeah, uh, it, it is is great because Larry Moss said that she's like, hey. Um, he asked everybody in the room, he's like, uh, uh, did, did anybody feel that pang in the pit of your stomach where you haven't auditioned for a while, you haven't booked in a while, and you know, all of that, and you, you feel like you should be doing something, you should be creating something, there's this pull to like be productive, and even if you're burnt out, because if you really love this, if you really want it, you do. He goes, did you ever have that when you were in school or training? And, and every actor in the, in the room said, no. Like, yeah, because you were working on stuff. You're working mm -hmm. on plays, you're working on scenes, you're working on these things. Your actor, your artist beast inside of you that wants you to act was being fed. So it wasn't relying on auditions to be artistic. And I think that's important. I think that's this so wine is getting to me. <laughs> I think this <laughs> wine is getting to me. Like, like oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> like going back to the writing like we were talking about earlier that's unleashed a whole lot for me too oh I my god yes. desperation around other people putting me in their projects if I'm over here creating my own projects whether they even that's see the other day or not it just makes you feel so empowered and yeah. still working creative muscles and putting your own in my case like comedic voice on paper which is still your artistic voice whether you're acting through it or writing through it and you get like I don't know shit about writing at the end of the day like so one of my students the other day was like oh well, it's page 30 30 something so we're definitely in act two I was like are we like, I don't know the <laughs> so like when I say writing like I don't mean that I like know at all what I'm doing but it's just like fun to put stuff down and figure it out and use google to figure out where to put stuff and like how to format things and whatever. Um, but I want to go back to what you said too earlier of like 
that seedling is in there of wanting to book a job, especially mm. if it's like a show you love or like <sighs> a role that you love or a big role that is like, you know, mm -hmm. one that you haven't had the opportunity for yet or whatever. I have just built like amnesia for myself where like, I will A, forget every audition that I ever have the second that it's over. I don't tell anyone about any auditions that I ever have because I don't want someone else asking me about it. And I will <sighs> never look at dates ever, not once. I will make myself available if I'm gonna, I will fly back from Greece. Like I will do whatever it takes if I book this dream job. Yeah. But the second I look at a date, I just can't help it that in my brain, I like if it's, you know, February 17th on February 16th, I'm going to feel that pang of nervousness and that whatever. Yeah. And I also will like give myself 20 minutes to be like, I got an audition for hacks and I'm so excited. I'm going to have my like 20 minutes of like excitement. And then boom, all that gets to go away and I have a job to do and I'm going to break this shit down. And then I'm going to step into it and play and play and be messy and be me and raw and whatever. And then I can get excited again, but I can't have the excitement or the nerves or the bigness be in the breaking it down process or in the performing right. process. Absolutely. Amen. Completely separately. Otherwise it'll fuck up all the shit. That's why I stopped telling my mom about every audition. Cause she'll be like, where does it shoot? And I'll be like, in Vancouver. She goes, would they fly you first class? And I was like, the weather. I, was like, I, not even, I was like, I haven't even touched with Colleen yet. Like I like, I even like yeah. the first thing. Priscilla like, wants to know. She wants to know if I'll be flying first class and if they put me up and stuff. And I was like, I, I can't. I just need to memorize. It's true. And Colleen, you'd always be like, hey, how was that audition? And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I, was like I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I'll like rip out the sides and like put the emails in the like folder of auditions 2023, add them to my thing at the end of the month, like little whatever. And like, forget, 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 forget. forget yeah. it's the only way to like protect your heart. <laughs> Yeah, it is a matter of protecting the heart, isn't it? It is a matter of that. Yeah, uh, um, and that's and that's fine. But I think having like a ritual, I think is I, I think is good. I I I, uh, I forget as well. I take the sides and I I crumple them up and waste so basket there. They're my recycle and, bin. Yeah. Boom. I'm a horrible basketball player, so they like so they like <laughs> end up everywhere. But but just the act of doing that was so like liberating because especially if I've if I've done the thing of like I need to book this and then I I like the tape and I and I send it off and I'm like <gasps> just doing this and being like, yeah, this has no control of me. Boom. And I and I and I toss it in there and I just feel fantastic. It's yeah. it's it's a weird psychokinetic yeah. thing that 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 happens. I just felt good yeah. when you were just doing it. Oh, <laughs> crumpling up paper is an underrated, like stressful <laughs> thing. I encourage everybody to crumple up some paper if you're feeling, uh, uh, you know, less than, and it'll it'll change your life. If you guys have time, did any of you struggle with stage fright during auditions in front of casting? I struggle with stage fright all the fucking time. I am not one of those people that doesn't get nervous. My dad's musician plays in front of 40,000 people all the time. He gets nervous like crazy too. I don't know if it's genetic, but like for me, that has never gone away. The only thing that helps is preparedness. Yes. That yeah. is the armor that helps everything and like breathing and stuff. But like, mm. I still, I was super nervous for my Zoom callback today and then sat into it and had so much fun. But like, I think like everyone deals with nerves differently. I am yeah. certainly one of those people who struggles with or like works through it. Um, so if something you're, I used there, to I do, do. yeah, something I used to do when we were still in person 
<clears throat> would be, I was like, if I just, they're like, they go, how are you this morning? Or how are you today? I would say, I got it. I'm good. I'm just a little nervous. And then, then saying that like made me like, cause they're like, oh my God, no, let's have fun. Let's do it. Like, you know, we wow. have all fun in the world and just like saying it out loud made it actually go away just a little bit more and just being kind of a little bit upfront with it and being honest with yourself. Cause sometimes sitting in the waiting room, you're just like, I'm not nervous. I'm good. I know this. And if you just confront it and say like, I'm good, but I'm just a little bit nervous, but I'm good. Yeah. And then it just kind of bit more than trying to hide how nervous you are. And you're like holding your sides like this. Uh, I don't know. That was something that was super helpful for me. I also saw um, Michelle Monaghan speaking at SAG once and she was talking about her latest movie or something and an actor was like, can you tell us about um, a like bad audition that you had early in your career? And she was like, early in your career? I can tell you about <laughs> one that the other day. She was like, man, I can tell you. <laughs> like, Wait, the higher up you get, the worse it gets because you're opposite yeah. like George Clooney and you're supposed to be somebody and then you don't deliver and you're like, fuck. Yeah, so yeah. I like to think that like the way we are now, it's like, that's who we are and we can do stuff to help us improve but like instead of fighting it to just go okay let me find the tools to to how how can I move through this I don't know do you get nervous Colleen no I don't think you do uh, I was very nervous <laughs> for this I was very no. nervous for this um uh like this showing up as an actual like human without scripted lines um last week I wasn't nervous at all when I went on set um uh God, wait yeah. how was the rookie I know I want to hear good. it was really good it was awesome um I actually don't I'm I'm like the like flip of Angela neurotic and I keep all my sides these are my audition sides for the rookie and I have all my thoughts like written in there yeah. you're yeah, so you smarter do. than me that's great and so I, I took it with me um, on set just to sort of like have, um, for some reason, it feels like um, like uh, my secret sort of weapon, like if I ever need anything there. Um, but I felt, and it was a challenging emotional scene, but I felt like a feeling of ease doing it. So um, yeah, I, I was super happy though, super happy that I've gotten to that point um, because I used to get so nervous, I could like feel it in my teeth like mm. like what is that um but uh yeah I think it's just like I just keep getting like years in this business the more years I get the more my headshots change and the more um, <laughs> um the more my physical reaction to stimulus changes um so it's different things yeah I will say too, like experience does help I mean I look at my first few jobs in tv and I was so deeply like terrified that it and and for good reason I got yelled at by uh Aaron Sorkin <laughs> like I mean there was it was like it was a stressful start <laughs> um but like ultimately like now it's so very different walking on set or like if if I'm on set for a nurse which I've played a bunch of that's very different from walking on set for something else that I haven't done as much of so like it, I think the 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 practice of doing it it does get easier but I think the nerves are just a sign that we care and I don't think yeah. it's a bad thing. yeah I don't think it's a bad at thing at all because well you do care and and uh I, I I really early on in my in my in my life before I was even an actor I did martial arts a lot and there was gradings and tournaments and like sparring sessions and is is you know exhibitions and whatnot I remember feeling so scared and my martial arts instructor said to me he goes nervousness is good that means you care and 
it is just a different way to look at excitement. And it's kind of resonated with me for a long time. I'm kind of masochistic, I think. The more nervous I am, the more like I I, I want to do the thing. It's like <laughs> I, I don't know. I might be like you love like when I did my play. I love roller coasters. Yeah. I love being uh-huh. on stage. When I did my play last year, it, there was one moment I remember having an out of body experience just just during I think one of the first performances. I'm doing Shakespeare. I'm literally saying lines and I'm watching myself doing it and going like, "Wow, I can't believe I'm like." doing Shakespeare on a stage and there's people I go I should probably be focusing on what's happening because there's a stunt about to happen they're about to toss me off a stage oh I should probably focus on this thing but I remember thinking like like I uh, like uh, psyching myself up and going I love this yeah nervous perfect monologue bring it on let's do it and and I don't know it might be a bad instinct but at the same time it it's kind of shielded me a little bit from the nerves that I remember y- 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 having to feel now having said that opposite Aaron Sorkin this might all go out the window right <laughs> he ever yelled at me I think I'd like poop myself if I book anything opposite Will Ferrell like it's going to take everything in my power to not just completely fall apart and bother. Um, <laughs> Alex when you were like having your out-of-body experience were you just shocked at how good you are were you just like no no like, I was really talented <laughs> So, this so it, was, it, it, was, it was so interesting because because I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing, doing my thing, and, and my actor is literally like holding me like this, uh, and he chases me down the stairs, and, and to, to all my people who came and saw me, you know what I'm talking about, he chases me down the stairs, he has this big monologue, and he takes me and throws me off the stage, and I land, I, got, I have to land not in the audience, and when I had my out-of-body experience, I was, I, I was speaking to him, I was doing my thing, and I remember going, oh my god, I don't think I tucked my shirt in. <laughs> I look so like I have this red shirt popping out and, and 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 I'm doing this thing. And I remember thinking to myself about wardrobe and going, oh my God, I'm doing Shakespeare. Like, isn't this so cool? Oh shit, I gotta go down the stairs and he kicks me down. <laughs> and he was so great. He like he, he like worked that. Uh, uh but it was this like when I came off stage and the pressure was off, I was like, I want to do that again, like roller coasters. Like, ooh, I want to feel like I'm falling again. Brock, can I ask a question? When you were on the middle, yeah, and you they built an episode around you, the La La Land episode, and you were like at Capitol Records because they were like recording a song just for you, and you were like in the middle of your own musical after having been like the left of center character for so long. What was that like to then step up into like your moment? Were you nervous for that? Did it feel or did it just feel like a natural progression because you had been on the show for so long? I've been wanting um, to ask you that forever. <laughs> it. A little bit of both. I mean, I definitely had nerves. I, mostly the nerves come from the table read more so than anything. I think like anyone who goes in for a guest star, like, I just want to make sure that like they, what they wrote, I'm delivering on the now 10 scenes that I'm in as opposed to just the cute little two. So like, I, (laughs) I wanted to make sure that like, they were like, oh fuck, we can't give him another 10. They're not going to change the entire like a storyline, but I, I wanted to make sure that I fucking Simone Biles did and stuck the landing yeah. at the table read so that they knew, cause I don't know, just so much of like, I don't know, at least from what I saw, at least from the middle, like sticking the landing at the table read meant like usually copy paste it's in the final shooting draft. But um, if you didn't really stick the landing then they would adjust it. Or like there were, there was an episode in particular where I was just like, there was a scene where it was just not fucking funny and it just nothing stuck. And they put more stuff on Eden and just like gave Eden more stuff to do. And I had the cute little like, 
oh, but it's okay. And just like throwing in while she's like doing her thing. And I was like, I can't do that. Um, mm -hmm. So I was, that's where the, the most of the nerves came from. But once like that, I like felt good after the table read, I was in the car going um, back home. I was like, I'm good. Now I'm excited. Now I can get excited for it. Oh. Um, when the spinoff came though, that's when I felt a little bit of nerves that stuck through the entirety of the pilot. Because even though I, the pilot was, of course it was mainly Sue, it was mainly Eden, but then I knew that eventually like, I know I can stick the landing for this character, do a week, maybe have a week off and then maybe two in a row and then maybe a month off and then come back and like, I was okay stamina wise, but I have no idea what it's like then to do week after week after week and working five days a week and 12 hour days at five days a week. I had no idea what that, so I was nervous about that because I'd never experienced that even with the character that I was comfortable with mm -hmm. um, from just like a stamina perspective. And like, can I give something that, there were a few episodes that, you know, we had a really gorgeous arc from my perspective, but a lot of the times I'm there as the funny best friend, right? So I wouldn't really have um, a lot of the legwork in terms of like, let me um, start you in one area and end in another area, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> So that was where the majority of the nerves came in. But like the big episodes after the table read was, I was like, okay, I'm good. I know, I know that the rest of it's going to be okay. Cause I just stuck it in the table read and I know I can, I know I can do that again on set and I can enjoy it and talk in between setups and not have to like study lines and make sure I know what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff as well. Power of a table read. Colleen has like crushed the table read. <laughs> situations <laughs> I met Camille Chen in a table read on a show and I was like who is that she's so good she's wild you can really get a lot I think from from somebody in a table yeah. read yeah um in uh, a table read that I kind of used to my benefit um I was on station 19 and um I didn't love how they were styling me um because your girl started out as an abused wife Okay, sure. now, she's, <laughs> now she's sleeping with one of like the hottest fireman. And I was like, they're still like, sort of like, like wardrobing me in a way and, and like doing my hair and makeup in a way that I just feel like it's so frumpy. So I came to the Zoom table read, um, hair done, lit to the gods. Um, and with, um, <laughs> with, um, with like, more youthful modern makeup on and um I was like I just want them to see see me because it was in like a lot of this was done during like um like early pandemic sure. and so there's a lot of like keeping masks on all the time a lot of separation of people there I couldn't like go to craft services and chit chat there was none of that so I used that to my advantage and then when I came in um for that episode they said okay we want to know what you did for that table read because we have new directives on your hair. We want to know exactly what lipstick you were wearing. Um, the showrunner was crazy about it. And I was like, oh, praise be. Um, uh, that was what I wanted to do. I guess I'm a manipulative person is what I'm understanding right now. Um, um, Which is how you got 14 or 17 or however many episodes you got <laughs> is from like manipulating the writers to be like, he needs a love. And she'd be like, oh, this, oh, this whole thing. <laughs> but I wanted to shift how they sort of saw me, you know, and I think, I think, um, one can do that. I was 
a little surprised by how the series regulars who have like so many episodes coming down the pipeline and you know they're there for a while how little time they put into like getting their setup right their, their cameras like shooting up their nose and like they like are like kind of like a, how do I fucking unmute myself shit like that um I was like I was like I am working for every episode I get um so I was just ready to ready to rock there was something I screen grabbed the other day the show Reacher on Amazon um the Alan Richson who was mm. um, an SKSer and is now like Reacher on Reacher um, he has he has such an incredible Instagram feed and he does a lot of a lot of posts on set and sort of like this is what it looks like this is what the camera setup looks like and I um uh I grabbed a little image from what he said on his Instagram he talks about being completely memorized for every table read um because he had to fight to get this fight to get this job but also he was on a show Blue Mountain State it went off the air and he had to fight to get it um, um, brought back, um, uh, like sort of rebooted. Uh, mm. So he fights for everything and doesn't take any of this shit for granted. So I really uh, admire that he was like, I'm completely memorized. I show them how it's going to sound. He sort of positions himself still as like um, ready to be the lead of the show, even though he's already the lead of the show. He's on the poster. Sure. He's the thing. Like, it's good. It's him. I, I love that the the whole resting on your laurels thing, that there isn't like a point where, and now I book this and now everything else will come to me just like this mm -hmm. like the, the hustle it does not exist the hustle continues and it will always always continue uh uh in music there was a, a one um a rapper who like hit a uh number one single and he's like cool i'm gonna sit back and wait for the for, for the deals to come and the concerts and everything and they were like no now that you've got a hit now you got to keep going right. now you got to go back to it write yeah. some more and do the thing uh, uh, that it never stops. And I think there's a little bit of comfort in that. You yeah. Know, that what you're doing right now is what you'll be doing when your career levels up. Um, yeah, I love that. I, um, I, I love that. And it's not in a way of desperation. It's just like, I oh. love this project. I want to be here. And I'm the yeah. leader. I'm the number one on the, the call sheet. I am the right. titular character, if you will. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, Talking about watching TV, um, uh, I think David Green asked, like, how do you guys- I was just about to pull up that question. I was oh, like, really? really trying to go. I was like, <laughs> away, Rob, I really want to One mind. One mind. Uh, which 22, 2022 TV shows and movies do you recommend uh, actors to watch and study? Which I really like that question. Colleen, I know you have an answer. I, know, I, I do, know. but I do, but I've been yeah. talking a little bit much. No, so no. anyone else jump in? Uh, the award award season is happening right now. Uh, that's a really great place to start. What My is being nominated? Season. What is winning? Uh, uh, and and if and if anybody's in SAG, I mean, we're getting screeners now for 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 all the stuff. I'm very excited to see Severance. Uh, um, uh, but the answer to that is, I think, uh, what's winning awards? What's turning heads? Uh, uh, what's being nominated? And and, and what's winning? Pure and simple. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think like, I love I love award season because me yeah. too. Oh my god, it's my Super Bowl. Is it your favorite season? <laughs> me too. It's my favorite season. <laughs> What's your favorite season awards. <laughs> I was um, I was on the SAG nominating committee, so I got everything like all the movies that. Yeah, came. Oh my fun. god! To, if, if anybody uh, uh, ha hasn't seen Triangle of Sadness, please see Triangle of Sadness. No, I didn't even know what that was until oh. it was nominated. It won the Palme d'Or in Cannes, and it was honestly one of those movies where. Honestly, you, you after reading a bunch of scripts, you're like, I know where this is going. 
you sure. know, a character's like, like, I'll see you when we get back. I'm like, well, that character's gonna die. You become a little yeah. bit like, <laughs> like, like, well, I, I know what's gonna happen. That movie, watching it, it made me laugh. It was gross. It was one of those movies where at the very end, uh, it, we're, we're getting towards the end, I go, I have no idea how this is going to end. I, I don't know who's the bad guy, good guy. Like, it, everything was crazy in the weirdest sense because the movie changes tones three times. And wow. you go, okay, now we're on this deserted island. Okay, cool. <laughs> What's going to happen? Oh, okay, so we're Lord of the Flies. Okay, cool, cool. So we got this, we got that. Uh, um, uh, but I was on the nominating committee watching a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of these movies, and whoa, holy shit! Uh, uh, it contextualizes award seasons for you, where now the Academy Awards are happening. You go, yeah, no, I've seen all that. Oh, I agree. I don't. And uh, uh, it. it, it makes you feel like an actor in the realest sense of, like an actor in Hollywood in the realest sense of the word. Um, but yeah, go see Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Cause it's crazy. When I first read that question from David, I was like, my initial got was like succession. And then what happened then was I was like, absolutely succession. But then what's important for us, maybe I'm watching that. I don't, I'm not watching succession yeah. for, ooh, like let me learn how I can, can uh, how to like hone my, my craft. Because I, I don't know if I'll ever, ever be like even get an audition for Succession. That's not my wheelhouse. So I would also recommend watching shows where you're like, bitch, I belong on that show. Like that yes. is where my talents lie. And what are, so I'm like rewatching Samantha Who, which I was like, that's right up my wheelhouse. Like so I'm watching like, what is Christina Applegate doing? What's Jennifer Esposito doing? And it's an old Ooh, show, but like, like ABC is still, they're making public defenders. I can only imagine the tone is going to be very similar in terms of like, ABC character, like you know exactly what they're doing. It's a delicious yeah. single cam for ABC. I can only imagine like public defenders is gonna be something like that. But like mm -hmm. going and watching shows, sure, go watch your successions, go watch your, you know, uh, The Last of Us or whatever. But like watch also the things that are also being picked up that you see yourself on. And what are those right. actors, what are those co-stars, what are those guest stars doing? Where's their tone? Where's their turns? How sharp are their turns? How thrown away are their turns? Um, and That's understand right. kind of where you lie in that world. And so you can better assess yourself. So I think there's a category of like, I'm watching this because I love to fucking watch good TV. And then I'm watching this as um, a student as well. Yeah. And if there are any casting offices that you've built a relationship with over time, know every single project of theirs that's coming yes. out. Because it's a good chance that you will be called in for one of those if you already have that relationship built and you want to be ready before that audition comes in. That's yeah. right. That's right. I would even extend that to showrunners, executive producers. I mean, uh, uh, <clears throat> public defenders, the directors, the director of the office. Mm -hmm. So knowing, okay, that this is the pilot, and this director has a certain like milieu, a certain style that yep. that, that they're doing. I just like two hours ago coach for a series regular on on uh, public defenders. It really really funny. Uh, um, and and it was it was a bit broad, and I'm like, look. Uh, office think mockumentary throw it th throw it away a little bit uh, uh and we've mined so much more out of that yeah. because the subtleties came out in in the way that it was written um beautiful stuff i want to hear colleen's answer to this question before we yes i know you've got a slew of shows <laughs> well yeah i try and watch at least one new show a week so i have like almost like different categories so like angela was saying every casting office that calls you when you need to know those shows backwards and forwards the very first 
episode of TV I watched in 2023 was an episode of The Rookie because um, those people have been calling me in and playing <laughs> so hard to get. Um, uh, so, so like they've just, I've been, I, I should count up how many auditions, but they're, they're very loyal and have been bringing me in. And I was like, I just got to get back into the mode of rookie world. So, uh, so when I got the audition, I was like, cool. Yep. Uh, back in it. So I watched that any, and it's really like sort of low hanging, the lowest hanging fruit audition wise. Um, I, I never like, call my sister at the end of the week and like, girl, did you see the rookie this week? Um, uh, can you believe that? <laughs> um, but it's really like the best business decision is sort of seeing who calls you in, who are you most likely to be called in for and knowing those shows, those shows inside and outside, um, uh, backwards, forwards, all, all sorts of ways. And then there are shows um, that are a little like zeitgeisty, like when, um, uh, like White Lotus was a little bit like that. Like everyone's like buzzing about White Lotus, a little bit buzzing about Yellow Jackets. And I I just happened to like really like those shows so I felt really lucky um the next zeitgeisty one that I'm going to be watching is uh The Last of Us uh, so which fun. so many people have been talking about <laughs> zombie related projects are not necessarily my comfort food Same. but um but but to be able to engage with the people that I want to be able to engage with, I want to sort of speak that language. And the people yeah. that I follow on um, Twitter, uh, like the creatives that I follow who I want to be collaborators with eventually, I see what they are talking about because um, mm -hmm. it's kind of like they're, um, they're talking about what's in their environment and what's getting them excited. And um, I want to be in their environment and getting them excited. Um, okay. And also... Um, uh, I also like I watched Will Trent because um, obviously that's a sort of catch the bad guy show that I'm uh, a one hour drama that I um, th that's the world I typically live in. However, it shoots in Atlanta. So I watched um, I watched two of them and then put it on the back burner. Um, mm. um, I watch uh, Handmaid's Tale because um, I find a lot of value in the show, not because they're like holding a lot of open calls here for the show that shoots in Canada um, as Priscilla tells Priscilla Charlelli, they're not flying me first class. Not five years uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and I think also Alana has asked um, with casting directors how you stay in touch, things like that. Mm -hmm. I think being um having sort of like for me a short list of of casting directors, writers, directors, producers, people um, that are on the shows that I want to collaborate on and be on. Um, um, I I touch base with them via social media. I don't believe we're going to go back in the casting room anytime soon in person. I think UDK, I think of as sort of like the canary in the coal mine. They have given up their, um, their offices in Valley Village and they're like, one of the biggest casting um, companies in LA. So if they're not going back to the office, I don't think a lot of other companies will. Um, so uh, so we, I don't think postcards are a thing anymore, um, but I do think we can sort of uh, interact on social media with them. Caleb is here. We were just talking on Monday about how um, if there's a casting director who's cast you previously, I think it's a fantastic thing to sort of post a still from that project um, and uh, just shout out like the great memories, tag them in that. Um, uh, and, and then also if there's, uh, let's say someone 
post a still of you in that particular show because um, there's like fan pages for all these shows um, mm -hmm. comment on it and then also tag them um, I loved this episode what you don't see is I'm standing on three apple boxes yeah. <laughs> thank you to Jamie Castro for putting me uh, in that. here you know you can just sort of like um, use what you already have happening yeah. um, um, something that I'll do too is like with like after booking something then I'll I'll send like a message and I say hi to my manager and go hi Kaylin do you mind passing this along to the casting directors and just forwarding it to them and she'll go sure and all she has to do is forward to casting and then it's a message saying hey just finished shooting did x y and z thanks so much blah 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 um see you soon and then more likely than not they write a couple sentences back that I get forwarded to my you know from Ooh, my manager to me that's great um, that's great that's, that's another way that I like to keep in touch is just like as opposed to going through like a DM or something like that is just going through the manager yeah. and just saying like, do you mind forwarding this? And it's, and I put like, hi, Kaylin, do you mind sending this? Um, thanks, Brock, dash, 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 put a line. And then it goes, hi, casting director. Yeah. And then say it, uh, best, Brock. One thing that I uh, uh, that, that I tried for the casting offices that, that never called me in, but that I do want to collaborate with is mm -hmm. during the Ardios Awards, again, award seasons, because mm -hmm. casting offices, don't, like they get congratulations, but they get so much fewer congratulations than the directors, producers, actors who, who get nominated for these things. And uh, every Ardios Awards, all of the nominations come out and uh, it, it, usually you've seen so, so, some of the shows and I, I love everything. And I was uh, sending congratulations, congrats on your nomination or congrats on the win. That was so amazing. And I got, I got a response uh, that was like, this just made my day. Thank you so much. I never got called uh, in, into it, but it was, uh, um, but it was such a lovely, like, because I love hearing that. And sure. I know they right. don't hear it often. They, they hear like, hey, I would like an audition for this thing, mm -hmm. but they don't hear like, congratulations. Like, this is an award that you got for doing your job incredibly well congrats from an actor who would like to work with you someday yeah. uh and the feedback has been incredibly positive it's not asking for something it's celebrating mm -hmm. something yeah. people love to like pat themselves on the back or talk about themselves or like feel good and if you're doing it from a genuine place that's everything yeah. and then yeah i agree with colleen like not dming casting but like bear in mind that all actors are flooding the gates of the casting directors but writers don't hear from actors like if you like loved an episode of something that they wrote or you were on a show and didn't get to meet the writer but you wanted to like just connect with them hey i played so and so and i've just been such a fan of your work and to to be in blah 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 you know just making it so sincere you'd be surprised how many doors that opens to or directors um, and tagging people in, like, I'm not really big on social media for my career, but I'm going to start to make the shift towards that. But like, but the few posts that I have done for work, um, one of them, I tagged the casting director in something and she'd only started calling me in post pandemic. So I didn't, I don't know her. So I didn't think we had a relationship, but I, well, duh, like we, they think that they have a relationship with us because they're seeing our face, even though we're not seeing theirs. And so yeah. she commented like how much their office loved me. And I was like, who with the what now? Like, yeah. like what? You know, so like, I think we just got to stand in our power and own it a little bit more and, and use your reps and not be like, not tiptoe around things um, and just come at it, you know, from this heart space. Yeah. Brock, I love having the intermediary, like your manager, your agent sending okay. the congratulations I as opposed think, to reaching out directly. That's brilliant. I don't know. Just to me, like sometimes I think to me, that is, uh, I think we have to toe the line sometimes of being, um, 
proactive and uh, uh, making sure that we're like doing our job and that's sort of, but like also making yeah. sure we're not coming across desperate. And sometimes, that's it, right. feel sometimes it comes across as just like, oh my God, if I have another actor do X, Y, like I, we get it. Thank you. You're trying to get an audition for public defenders. Like we get it. That's right. That's um, right. But so like that to me is just like sending it through the reps, just like having that makes it just seem a little bit more professional or like that being said, like to like reaching out to some business connector, if you're trying to make some sort of work happen and you're talking to them, you're like, Hey, I have X, Y, and Z that I would love to talk to you about, or like throw your way or you to take your eyes at, let me know if you have the bandwidth. And if so, if you feel comfortable with me sending it directly, or if you'd rather me go through your reps. You know, just making it so like, but the yeah. more professional, professional. that make yeah. it and not like, please. Uh, that being said, if they are the ones that open the door and funny enough, this includes Angela. I don't know if I emailed or texted you, but huh? um, I posted the thing from when we had our little date the other week and Joffer, your director from yeah. message, he DM'd me and replied and he was like, Angela, I love it. Oh, by the way, I saw you in bros. I missed the middle blah, blah, blah. And so then that like- And he DM'd up. me about you too. And, and then he, we started a combo. Did we talk about that? I cannot remember, but like- I think, we, I think we did. But like going back and forth and like he opened the door. So I'm going to take that. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, which is like, and he's, he's he's booked and blessed. He is, he working is booked, and booked and blessed. But he's one of those people actually that like, now that you mention it, he directed one episode of a show that I did three episodes of. And the episode that he directed was like, I had very little to do, but he really left an impression on me because he's Same. such a guy. And then uh, I think that the only way I connected with him was through me tagging him in something from that episode, yeah. which opened the door. And now he comments on all my stuff and that, and yeah. So we just, you never fucking know. We both agreed that it's just a matter of time before you pop off and become a superstar. So that's- uh, Absolutely. Yes! <laughs> I love you. That uh, is amazing. Um, can I add one other thing? I also feel like you can keep continue to make a connection. One of my, a, a director that I loved on Station 19, we bonded a little bit because we both loved uh, the Borat sequel. I, I thought it was so funny. I thought it was so funny. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, I thought you were going. <laughs> um, and so I messaged him and I was like, have you watched uh, Paul T. Goldman? It's the same guy who did Borat's subsequent movie film. Um, uh, <laughs> it's part of the little dialogue about that. And um, truly, I, I, I don't know if we'll ever work together, but it just feels, it mentally helps me feel like we are just collaborators and we all just sort of, we all just like the stuff we like and that kind of thing. Um, also last year, um, I loved and loved a project that I auditioned for, had my manager follow up with that casting director. Mm. And when he was like, yes, we loved what your stuff's going on. Um, I eventually just emailed the writer. Uh, the writer director of the project and I just said I love this I love this film so much I think it's going to be amazing um I cannot wait to see it and I hope you have the best time filming it it really have felt like the ship had sailed but I I really want to have a community of people that are doing this writing amazing things especially for women especially women of a certain age and um uh just wanted to build that that bridge there um last last the crazy thing yeah. i want to say um in thinking about award season i think um it's also important to uh take a look at like at the naacp image awards the image oh. awards maybe mm -hmm. spirit awards because um i was a little disappointed with some of the representation i think uh with the like oscar nominations. Yes. So, um, so, um, there's a lot of fantastic things that don't necessarily get a spotlight just because, um, the system can be a little racist, misogynist, xenophobic. Yeah. What? 
Yes. What are you talking um, about? List. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. that whole thing. Okay, great. Wow. Set my piece. Um, yeah. no. something I would like to, I want to bring up, and it was kind of goes back to what you're saying about like casting directors getting rid of their offices. And I have a lot of mixed feelings about this, but I'm curious of like what you, I was talking to one of our students' wives, who's a manager at our like uh, taco night. Um, and she's a manager and she was saying, I think it's sooner than later that uh, we're gonna be going back in person. And she said, this is a reason because she goes with tapes, she goes, the cast directors are just a middleman. They see a tape, they think it's good, they pass it on. There's no- the same conversation with her at that party, yeah. And I was like, that's interesting. She goes, because eventually these production companies or these studios or something, they're gonna save money by hiring an assistant or a, a coordinator or something and who will be the one fielding these tapes because they've been so in touch with the project since like they were trying to find a writer and knowing what these characters like and knowing what the producers want to see and eventually them having to pay some sort of additional fee for a cast member that's coming out of the production budget will be too much to it will be just another expense that they don't need to if they can do it more internally and I found that interesting and I disagree on some aspects, but I also find that an interesting point because I also could see that happen, especially yeah. for like Aaron Kaplan, for example, had an internal casting director. It was Sherry Hernandez. I forget who it is now, but like Sherry Hernandez is now at CBS. But like, um, I wonder if production companies will smarten up and do something like that. And I guess I wanted to get your guys' take on that. I talked, I talked about it in one or both of my classes the, these past couple of weeks, but I was curious of what you all thought. Um, I don't think so. Sorry, sorry. Uh, um, you, you know, I, I think I think that what um, you know, the casting directors and, and associates and everything that I've that I've spoken to, um, there is a particular eye that you develop seeing a lot of uh, uh, casting offices. I I honestly think that maybe a production company or several or a studio might take that route and, and look at it as just a financial thing where they're just like, well, we're spending money on this. Why not just, you know, uh, uh, pass the middleman and, and give it to an assistant and everything. They can give it to the producer. I, I think if they do do that, uh, there's going to be, it, 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 they're going to go very quickly back to the casting director mm. because there is an artistic Sure. Uh, um, there is an alchemy that that sort of happens, which is why the Ardios Awards uh, exist. Like casting does a lot behind the scenes, and I don't think they get the um, you know spotlight that that, that I think yeah. they deserve. There is a craft to this thing. I I think they might do that, but then I think they're going to reverse yeah. track and go, uh oh, uh, this was not as as uh, financially prudent as I thought because now all these shows they're putting money into don't have the cast don't have the sure. chemistry uh, uh that, that that we're looking for we need a professional to i think that's true because the reason that. i was like this might happen is just because like i feel like money always wins and whatever they can yeah. do to make money wins yeah but i also agree with you in that just like some little ass coordinator who's two years out of mm. college is not going to know how to cast or pass along the correct tapes the That's producers. right. They also have relationships with the bigger agencies to have to try and get That's those right. names also. So there's yeah. a huge 
huge piece of the business that we don't see that's them negotiating, you know, trying to use their connections to get the biggest names for their shows. And yeah. for networks, they're having to build huge lists of actors that they've auditioned for the bigger roles, the ones that they have offers out to. There's so yeah. much pressure that they're under from the studio, from the network, from the showrunner, from all of these places. I don't know who else is going to bear all of that, honestly, right. if they yeah. are. It's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, in, in the macro sense, I think uh, uh, we can kind of get a little tunnel vision. And when you really think about it, from when I started Stan Kirsch to now, uh, uh, all the production companies were bought up by big telecommunications. Uh, Warner Brothers is now Warner Brothers Discovery, and it used to be owned by AT&T. Now it's owned by this. And so there's so many different people now in charge, and they keep switching from one to the other, to the other, to the other, uh, uh, that on that level, you're right, money could win there. But at a certain point in that trickle, uh, uh, they're going to go, well, why isn't our fall lineup? You, you know, pulling the ratings that it did before. Well, because there were some cost cutting measures over here uh, uh, that ended up uh, hamstringing the quality of the production over here. Um, yeah, like Bob Iger is now back to Disney CEO. <laughs> like he came out of retirement and back to uh, D Disney CEO. And I know that's because of the stuff that um, happened. Uh, uh, un, uh, under the leadership of, of Bob Chappick, uh, uh, that they brought him out of retirement with, I'm sure, a very, very handsome package uh, 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 for compensation. So, uh, and now Vast uh, uh, is in charge of Warner Brothers Discovery. He's been cutting tons of stuff for HBO Max, HBO, and we're in a recession. Yeah. There's fewer productions happening because all these production companies, telecommunication companies are going, oh, we need to tighten our belts to make sure that every quarter there's profit. Yeah. Whatever that means for them. Um, the exceptions are Amazon and Apple because they just have so much money to throw Apple at. Apple TV is a drop in the, the bucket for Apple. It's crazy. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Well, Severance, I mean, Master Week, but like the morning show, do you know what the packages were for each of the A-list actors that they got? Like eight figures each for a yeah. TV show. That's insanity. And Lord of the Rings was the most expensive TV show ever made. And with like a hundred million per episode, like, or, or Rings of Power. The Crown, like, like they're so... Uh, there, there's so much money being thrown into this by not production companies anymore, but production companies within a larger conglomerate framework. And I know um, there's a yeah. uh, I'm so sorry to cut you off. I know there's no, a few questions that we have, but I do want to say that like all this stuff that you're talking about was so foreign to me for so long. And then I started listening to Barry Katz podcast, Industry Standard, where he entered because I was listening to so much stuff like interviewing actors and all of that, but he talks to all people behind the camera and like all the suits and stuff like that. And it's really helpful to like understand what all those development roles or like whatever, what they yeah. all do. Um, Cause I think all that stuff you're talking about is so gold and like, as you know, I didn't understand any of that. And that really helped me. So if anyone's looking for a good resource. Yeah, I also think like there's a, there's a big benefit of just like learning of like the industry that goes beyond us. And like the yeah. studio network difference was so, Foreign, and I'm still trying to learn the difference between them, but like who's doing the money and what's the difference between like studio versus network and who's making the decisions and all that kind of stuff. And like, I would also start looking at like, um, you're looking at deadline. I would always encourage everyone to like look at deadline and stuff, but like, like looking at what's being picked up and then what studio are they from? Are they from a home studio? Are they from an outside mm -hmm. studio? Cause that's also like, 
ABC picking up something from Warner Brothers uh, means that that Warner Brothers show must be pretty fucking good because yes. that's not as lucrative for ABC. That's um, right. And like, of course, like CBS Studios and CBS and Paramount Plus, they're more incentivized to do those shows. So if CBS is picking up something from, I don't know, Fox, like right. you, better, you better believe it's probably pretty good. Or there's a certain 100%. amount of like, we have to do three show pickups, three pilots from an outside studio and maybe one or two pickups from, um, or inside and then one or two from inside out. 100%. I want to talk about, now we're starting to see on sides and I really wanted Ooh. us to talk about this. You don't have to memorize lines before the audition or interview. Can we all talk about that for a second? Uh, anybody want to take that before huh? I explode? <laughs> oh, you can explode, go for it. Let's explode. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, because of COVID, because of self-taping, we're all at home and everything, uh, um, there has been more and more asked of us actors uh, to do behind the camera. And, and uh, there have been a lot of like auditions where you get it a Thursday evening at 8, 8, 8 p.m. and it's gotta be in there for Friday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, um, and SAG, I remember sent out a little survey uh, to, to a lot of members saying, hey, your auditions, when do you usually get them by? How much turnover time do you have? Uh, you know, on Friday, do, do you get it for Saturday morning or do you get it for Monday morning? Like, like there was uh, a, a little like questionnaire sent out because I, I know that SAG was wanting to, or at least there were rumblings uh, to clamp down on that and say, look, we need to give an appropriate amount of time for our actors to work so that they're not, you know, doing five different auditions of okay work uh, uh, because they're just so uh, strapped for time. And to combat that, uh, uh, they casting started to put, you don't have to memorize these lines to kind of check off a box for the union uh, so that we're not being overworked or, or over demanded. Um, but I wanna impress upon everybody here, and anybody who's gonna be watching this, memorize your lines, M memorize your lines, memorize your lines. There's no other way to, 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 to put it. Being fully prepared is knowing your lines backwards and forwards. The old word for it was study your lines uh, uh, um, and, and to be unfuckwithable. Like that's what SKS is all about, right? Uh, is to be unfuckwithable. And I can't imagine going to an audition unprepared or paraphrasing. Like that's just, like I hear Stan's voice in my head going, no. It's just not how we do. It's not that's how just we not do. How we do. And, and, yeah. and I feel like- sure. Well, I feel like that's gonna make a lot of actors go, oh, cool, it's all right. I can just come Not us, it. not mm -hmm. us. I co-sign with what Alex said 100%, yeah. um, because I get a lot of information about the character from the specificity of those words. Do you wanna just quick fire and go to the next yes, one? Oh, let's quick fire. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Uh, um, can you guys talk about whether having a big rep uh, like Angela touched on is always better or having smaller rep is, is okay? Um, I don't think the word always ever exists in this industry. I think there is Amen. no- Amen. 
ever, ever, ever. I think it depends on your situation and the manager. If you have a manager who so aggressively believes in you, gets you, knows what they want to do with you, you're giving that manager the tools to get you in and they've got, and you've got all of that and they happen to be at a bigger place. Great. If they're a manager that is, uh, that is at a much smaller place, but all of those things are still true and they're a hustler. That's great. The only thing where it's not great is if maybe they don't have the relationships with the offices that you're trying to get in on, then that's not so helpful. So you want to make sure that they already do have those relationships in place with the where you're trying to get to make sure that that's the right fit of a manager for you. But the size of the manager, I'm not sure that it matters as much. On the commercial side, um, I have talked to commercial casting directors about this, and it does seem, and from my own experience, having hopped around and had like very little success commercially and kind of like done a complete 180, I have found that having a stronger agent on the commercial side really does help you. And I was talking to one commercial casting director about this, and I asked point blank, like, does that really matter? And he was like, yeah. Frank, does that mean like from a, a big bummer. reputable, a big yeah. reputable place? He was like, we assume that the better actors are going to be at those places. They're they're going to yeah. be swooped up by them, which we, it's not true. Like <laughs> places, it doesn't yeah. necessarily, but, but um, that I have found to be very eye-opening that like a shift of agencies on the commercial side really has made a huge difference um, in terms of the agent versus a manager. I think the same theatrical, I think it, the same rule applies as commercial does, or as, um, sorry, a manager does that I was talking about. It's really more about them getting you and them having the relationships that you need. The size doesn't matter. Boom. <laughs> size doesn't matter. Um, does that cover? Size doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I also would argue that um, finding a rep who pitches, I think is a big thing. If picking uh, up like, the phone, that's the thing. Pick too. up, yeah. pick up the phone, yes. not oh, click. Yes. And, or, or like emailing on, on your emailing on your behalf, not just clicking and sending. Some people are like, when they look at their submission report, they're like all of these auditions, but wait, how many of them were you actually pitch? Was it just like point mm -hmm. and click? Because like my mom can do that. Um, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and then what do you guys think about um, living a little further outside of LA? I know that Alex, you lived um, a little further out of like LA proper. I live a little outside of yeah, LA you too. now. And yeah, I'm in yeah. I, 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 farther than that, I, I have a Canadian agent. Um, and, and one of the things that we kind of talk about is, is, um, I mean, she'll send me auditions and everything for, for, you know, theatrical stuff and, and, and what have you, but she's like, look, money wise, I know, unless it's like under the banner of heaven or the last of us, which is shooting up in Canada and I'm throwing that out to the universe. Hey, uh, um, uh, like it's not kind of worth for them to fly you all the way out, not first class, uh, to the, 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 the production. But she said, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily matter to audition, but to when you book it, then it starts to matter a little bit. Just this morning, I had to turn down an audition because I'm not an Atlanta local hire. And uh, the casting director was like, if you are an LA or New York actor pretending to be in Atlanta, and I watch your tape, you will have wasted your time and my time. Like she put that in the submission notes. Wow. And it was one of those like, oh, wow. Because I know there are some casting officers that are like, yeah, just say, you know, uh, what have you, we have the budget for it. But uh, uh, this particular CD was like, no, I want somebody from Atlanta period. And uh, there is a hustle to this thing, but I think, you know, if, if a casting director has to say, hey, LA, New York, this is not for you. 
I, I think that um, it doesn't necessarily matter to audition, but I know that if I book that and they need to call me back in, I would need to hop on a flight and waste everybody's time. And uh, uh, there would just be a lot of rigmarole and, and it'd leave a bad taste in people's mouths I think, at, at, at the end of the day. I will say in terms of living outside of LA proper, um, just for like the day-to-day life of jobs in LA, it really depends on where you are in your career. So right now I tend to go out commercially in person quite a bit and it has been, I'm so grateful to have made it to this point, but it has made juggling whatever your day job is, which mine happens to be jumping on Zoom with actors through CN Kirsch Studios, juggling that with needing the timing of needing to be in person. And I'm not going to want to drive an hour each way just for a 10 minute audition and stuff like that. It has, that has been a challenge. I haven't always been going out in person for commercials. So if that's not where you are or what your focus is right now or whatever, and you are living out of LA and that's not something you're going to have to deal with. So you're really just coming into LA for COVID tests and um, jobs. I will say that drive is the most joyful drive you have ever had because you are working. And so then it's a thing. Um, And if for COVID testing, a lot of them, uh, like I can get COVID tested in Long Beach for most of my jobs. So um, wherever you are, if you just ask production, hey, does that place where they're doing it, like, is there another location near my area um, that's outside of LA? I did one in Palm Springs once because I was at a town and they found a place locally there. So um, if you're trying to juggle, like, can I work in LA, but live slightly outside of LA? It is possible, but you just kind of want to look at like, how much are you actually going to need to be in LA? And what does that look like compared to your survival job and all the things that you're juggling? Um, But I think it's worth it to live where you love. I stare at the ocean and it's- 100%. Yeah. 100%. I agree. Um, And also living just outside, like just outside of LA proper, it has made me so much more intentional with what I, where I will show up. You know, um, uh, I can't go to every screening or I can't go to every event. So when I do pick it, I let people know, you know, and I let people know that like, I, this thing means a lot to me. So I'm showing the hell up. And while I'm in, uh, while I'm in there, I'm also going to have coffee with my friend Ari, you know, and I'm also going to uh, stop by um, and meet my friend's kid. And, you know, it just becomes a thing Um, rather than I felt like I was sort of pulled all over the place because I could get to everything sort of all the time and then I don't know during the pandemic I was like oh so we just like all spent so much time in our car and we were all okay with that were we okay with that I hated that can we say we're okay with that um Mm. so just being intentional has been such a gift we're almost at like an hour and a half I feel like we should do this again Uh, Caleb said tomorrow (laughs) I love everyone in this place thank you guys so much thank you thank you I'll see you guys at the next one